0: Thank you for listening to the Revivify Church podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and speaks to you from wherever you're listening. Pastor Rodney, would you come? He is going today teach us about the gifts and why we need them and how they're to be operating the church. Let's give him a welcome today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Rodney. Oh, easy, buddy. Don't kiss me. No kissing. No kissing. All right. Good morning. Get myself situated here. How are y'all? All right. So I want to get right into this uh, This teaching today, and uh, it's one of those things that um, God has called me at an early age. Um, and I pray for all the, the speakers, preachers, pastors in the building uh, to have that. Pastor Jason, that nervousness. You always want to deliver the Word of God and have that, that nervousness that it's the Word of God. don't want to bring it undeliberately or not take it serious. And uh, after 30 years of ministry, I still have that, that anxious feeling of when I'm getting ready to speak. And, but, I, but I know that the God that I serve is not anxious. He's very patient. He's very kind. Amen. Amen, and we want to dive into the Word of God. I've got a lot to cover, so we'll just get right into this. First Corinthians chapter 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities, I'm uh, reading from the New Living Translation, so yours may read a little differently. Regarding your question about the special abilities or the spiritual gifts that the Spirit gives us, I do not want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we will serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help help each other. Everybody say that with me. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to help you. Look at your other neighbor and say help me help you (laughs) amen God we love you this morning I pray God you would unlock our understanding God help us God as we go into this series and we go into this this next phase of our church I pray God that you would help us God go there with anointing power and demonstration your word declares that we've not come with enticing words nor with man's wisdom but in demonstration and in power of the Holy Spirit, God, unlock that power in our lives today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone say we agree. Amen. So I want to speak for a few minutes, and you know, I'm talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, there's five key elements for being used in the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the different gifts in just a second, but. In true form of the gifts of the spirit, God began to speak to me right before I got up here and, and gave me an analogy, an analogy, and as Pastor Jason was talking, um, I'm going to kind of change the message for a second and call it five smooth stones, all right, five smooth stones, because it's five key elements to being used in the gifts of the spirit. But I got to thinking as he was talking that the giant, Goliath, stood and the children of Israel could not advance any farther. They were at a standstill. Nothing was happening. And David came and said, what is going on? And there was this Goliath that was taunting the children of Israel and going against the children of Israel. And 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 David, the Bible said, went through all this calisthenics. It's not in my notes, so I don't want to dwell here. But he... He went through all these calisthenics of putting on armor and doing all this different stuff. And in the end, he finally said, let me do this my way. Let me do this the way God showed me how to do it. And the Bible said that he went to the brook, bent down, picked out five smooth stones, and he slayed Goliath. I feel in the spirit, as we're talking about the gifts of the spirit, that what's happened in our church is Goliath has stood, as we said we were going to go into the outpouring series, that Goliath has stood up and said, oh, no, you're not. This church ain't never done things that way, so this church ain't never going to do things that way because we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and all these different things begin to happen. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this place right now, and I feel like the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in this house right now. Man, and I think what's going on right now, Pastor Jason, is we're, we're in the brook And we're going to pick up five smooth stones today to put in the sling. And we're going to slay that Goliath that's trying to keep this church from being and doing what it's destined to do in our community. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's get on with this. All right, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit that gives great faith to another and to someone else, to one spirit gives the gifts of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown language while Another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone, everyone say he alone decides which gift each person should have. Now I'm going to be doing a lot of reading (laughs) somebody today. There's like, I think it was Rachel who's thank you so much, Rachel, for what she did today. But she said, man, that's a lot of scripture. Well, so God called me at an early age to be used in the gifts, and God called me, um, take these off because there's a glare in them for a second, Um, and there's been a lot of different things that's happened, And, and over a period of time, I'd always heard it said that the gifts of spirit are more caught than taught. They're more caught than taught. It's what I was taught. It's what I was told. In other words, if you hang around people who are using the gifts, then those gifts will fall on you, or if you... And and so I I operated under that assumption for years, but now that I'm 30 years older, I know that the gifts of the spirit are more taught than caught. What you catch is the flu. (laughs) What you catch is a cold. If you catch bad behaviors, you will do bad behaviors. The reason why the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation in many churches today is because too many people are afraid of them because of misuse of the gifts and people doing things incorrectly or the wrong way. So, in true teaching form, first let me say what the gifts of the Spirit are not before I can talk about what the gifts of the Spirit are. All right? First of all, the gifts of the Spirit are not a weapon, they're not a weapon. The gifts of the Spirit are not carnal knowledge. Now, with that said, carnal knowledge can be had, and you can still be using the gifts with carnal knowledge. What I mean by that is I've had people come up to me and say, Oh, Rodney, God showed me this, 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 and this about your life. And I was like, Oh, wow, God showed them that. And just to come to find out, no, somebody else had told them that. That's called carnal knowledge. God didn't... now. You can take carnal knowledge and God can use use you in a gift to then be expounded in something. So don't, don't misinterpret me there. Manipulation. I know a lot of people who've used the gifts of the spirit in manipulation. To make us famous. Oh, now that one's one that, you know, hey, let's go hear so and so. And, and and listen to him because he's used in the gifts of the Spirit. And the Bible says we're all used in the gifts of the Spirit. And there's not one gift that's any better than any other gift. And just because somebody can get up and and can call you out and, and and say something about you, that doesn't make them any greater in the in the in the kingdom of God than you are. It is possible to do it. I'll never forget when I first evangelized, started evangelizing, um, God led me to pray for somebody, and I don't remember what I said to them, Um, and and I was under that old school, gifts of spirit are more caught than taught, so I was operating the way I was around the people that I was caught, so I would go out, and I would call people out, and, hey, come here, and and begin to prophesy or give them a word of knowledge, and I was speaking to this person, and all of a sudden, they just started, like, shouting and and just going nuts, and it's like, what just happened? Found out after the service, she didn't hear a word I said. <laughs> there wasn't nothing that I said that, that really helped her. But what happened while I was speaking in her ear that she had been deaf in since birth, she began to hear the words that I began to say, which was the power of God that did it and not us. But it's easy that if you start calling people out and doing things, and there's nothing against that. There are times, there may be a time in our church where a visiting pastor or a visiting preacher comes in and they're able to minister to somebody and do something. But a lot of times we take that and we think that's the, the gifts of the Spirit. No, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in our day-to-day lives. And we're going to talk about that. So they're not to make anybody famous. They're not to embarrass people. If I, if I came down here off the platform right now and said, Preston, it might embarrass Preston. And that's not what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. The gifts are, of the Spirit are not to call somebody out, and it's not to put you on display. So if you're doing that, or, or you have a desire to do that, or you have a desire to see that, check yourself. And then the last thing is to serve yourself. The gifts of the Spirit should never be done and used to serve yourself. What are the different gifts of the Spirit? These are broken down into three sections. Insightful gifts, action gifts, and spoken gifts. This is... This is not going to be like a preachy, preachy message, so I would encourage you to take notes. So, insightful gifts are not necessarily seen or heard, but used to bring godly clarity. Say that again. Insightful gifts, we're going to break down each one of these three. Insightful gifts are not necessarily seen or heard, but used to bring godly clarity. First, let's talk about a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is a supernatural insight to the mind, will, and purpose of God and man that would not be ordinarily known to us. Knowledge comes from the Greek word gnosis, the science of knowing, perception, very close to the gift of prophecy, but not exactly the same thing. So in other words, let's look at last week. Basically, what Pastor Jason was doing was a word of knowledge, because through the spirit, God had revealed that the spirit of Jezebel was coming against our church, all right, and causing and, and trying to wreak some havoc. And through a word of knowledge and a gift of prophecy, both because he prophesied some things, too, but through the word of knowledge, he delivered and cut that spirit off, all right? Here's another thing, um, uh, an example, so, um, wasn't too long ago, is Katie, Katie in here, or is Katie back there? Katie's in the back. Um, we were here at prayer meeting and, uh, on Tuesdays and Katie was over there praying and I was praying and God just, I just felt led to go pray with Katie. So I went and prayed with Katie and when I went and prayed with her, I, I, I don't, I can't explain the words that come out of my mouth. It just came out, and and while I was praying with her, I said, "God put her feet upon a rock, and 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 I forget what all was said. I was just praying for it. God just told me to go pray with her. It didn't show me anything. That wasn't nothing spooky. Just told me to go pray with her, and I, I began to pray with her. Well, she started laughing, like hysterically, like laughing, like in a good way, and and she said, "Let me tell you," she said. I just had a dream the other night that everything around me was falling apart and, and and it was like I was in this mountain and there was like a volcano and everything. So, and I, and, but I was on a rock and I woke up and God was letting me know that everything was going to be all right because I was on a rock. So. What did God do with me in that? He gave me a word of knowledge to give to her, not that I knew that it was a word of knowledge. I was just doing as the Spirit led me and directed me to do, and what did it do but bring confirmation and affirmation to her that no matter what else, whatever's going wrong in her life, that her feet was upon a rock, and it was to confirm and uplift her. Amen? Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Number two, the ability to give godly counsel and or advice supernatural revelation or insight into the will of or purpose of God accompanied by wisdom as to what to do or how to solve a problem Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counsel what I love about God's word is work. God's word brings clarity and God's word brings deliverance to us to where it's all interwoven you can't take any portion of scripture take it out of context, and, and create a doctrine. Well, you can, but you're not supposed to, right? And we want our church to move into the next dimension. And I don't believe, I really don't believe we can go to where God wants us to go in this church unless we go into this next outpouring season. Amen? We cannot do, it's, it's just not intended to be just us. It's basically 300, 350 of us. And on any given Sunday, 220 and 250 of us will show up. That means another 100 doesn't. Or maybe watching online, or maybe traveling, or maybe sick. But it's not just meant just to be us. It's meant for God to empower these people that are here, us, that are in this place, to go not just in our church, but in our work, in our daily walks with God, under the unctioning of the Spirit, operating in the gifts, And it don't have to be something that people are afraid of or spooky or people don't want to be around you because you've got this big thing on your forehead that says, I'm this or I'm that. Word of wisdom. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is supernatural into the realm of the spirits as to whether they are of God or not. Comes from the Greek word, there's a reason i have glasses <laughs> comes from the greek word diacrisis which means judicial estimation judicial estimation in other words it helps you discern when i think about a judge a judge takes the information and and then looks at the law looks at the person looks at everything that they've heard and they make a judgment And this word diakosis that the word discerning comes from, the Greek word diakosis means judicial estimation. So a discerning of the spirits. Bible also says try the spirits and see whether they be of God or not. This is discernment. Action gifts. So that's the three insightful gifts. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of the spirits. Now the action gifts. These are the ones everybody likes. A little less talk and a lot more action. Right? Action gifts. Very visible when fulfilled and they can work together. First is healing. The supernatural work of healing being wrought in the lives of those we pray for. The Greek translation of the word healing also means a cure or to make whole. A cure or to make whole. Healing. Working of miracles. A supernatural work performed through a child of God contrary to nature. So healing and a miracle are two different things. They work together, but they're two different things. So let's say that again. A working of miracle. A supernatural work performed through a child of God contrary to nature. We've had documented miracles around here. Amen. Speaking in faith, which is the next one I'm going to talk about, we're going to have another documented miracle not too long from now. Amen. Amen. But healing. So healing is a gradual, can be a gradual process. Whereas a miracle is something that's instant, instantaneously. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier when I spoke into that person's ear and they could not hear they didn't hear anything that I said, Jake. So it wasn't me that said anything. They couldn't even tell me what I said. The fact, of the matter is, they had never hear, heard out of that ear, and that's why they went nuts because they had never heard out of that ear. That's a miracle. I'll never forget it. And this is this really like challenged. So I was raised a certain denomination and a faith, and and. And and if you're raised in a certain denomination or faith, you have a tendency to believe that everything that's said is accurate and true and everybody else is wrong, right? That's just, that's where we all come from, right? God started me on this journey. I remember early in my ministry, I went to another church that didn't believe like my church believed, didn't look like my church, none of that. And God had called me into the gifts and the ministry and, and, and miracles, and I'd seen some things. But I, I'll never forget this. It was in Statesboro, and it was a guy that I worked with. We used to share about God. And he came to one of our revivals. That's back when you used to have, you know, the four or five-day revivals. And he came to our revival, so it was my turn to go to his revival. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. Um they were having, there was one of those guys, you know, one of those miracle guys, one of those guys that was calling people out, you know, telling you about all the sin in your life and one of those spooky things, right? But I'll never forget this. I was at this church and I went up to the front and and God told me, he said, I want you to watch what's about to happen. Okay. Interesting. So what happened was this guy began to pray and, and, and there was this guy that that was there in the congregation that day that had one leg shorter than the other, had one of those shoes that platform shoe on one of his one of his things, and so this guy called him out and started praying over him, and so I just yeah you know, I could shut my eyes I was pray praying you know God touch him heal him and then God said open your eyes I want to show you something. So I opened my eyes and began to watch what was going on, a spectator, if you will. And, I, and the guy grabbed the guy's two legs, and he began to pray, and he said, God, I command this leg. This has caused him a lot of problems, and it's, you know, I don't know if you know, but that, that causes problems in the spine. And so he, he began to pray for his spine, and I, I, it's been a long time ago, but to make a long story short, the guy's leg grew in front of me. I saw it with my own two eyes, like... I saw the man's leg grow. And at that moment, I was like, What just happened? That guy's leg, and I tried to rationalize it. You know, well, number one, this wasn't a church like my church. They didn't believe like I believe. And so if they didn't believe like I believe, they were wrong, we were right. And so God couldn't possibly be used in another church. So that started me on that journey, showing me that my church wasn't the only church and my denomination wasn't the only denomination, that God was moving in other places. So that was the first thing God showed me. But the second thing God showed me is that a man's leg grew. (laughs) Did you catch that part? Like I walked away going, I just saw a man's leg grow. Like, the guy took off his shoes and, like, walked around the building. Like, no, I, it wasn't, I watched it grow. Are you kidding me? That's a miracle. <laughs> We've had some miracles around here. Amen? We've had some babies that were miraculously healed. We've had some cases around here. Do we have any miracles in the house today? Mike, do we have any miracles in the house? Amen? We've had some miracles in this place. Amen? And we've got some miracles that are still going to happen, right? Faith. The third of the action gifts are faith. Oh, wait. I wasn't done with miracles. Let's go back to miracles. A supernatural work performed through a child of God, contrary to nature. The Greek meaning of this also comes from the same word, dynamo, which, in, which, which the meaning is effectual, powerful, or dynamite. Same word, numa. effectual, powerful, or dynamite. Now let's talk about faith. Faith is the supernatural ability to believe God for a special need without human doubt, unbelief, and reasoning. Good example of this is I, I, I recently watched that movie. I can't, I can't remember what movie it was. I, actually I've, Actually, our pastor's wife actually did it not long ago, said if anybody had doubt or unbelief, don't come visit her we love you but don't come visit me <laughs> just put that out there we're, we're believing god we're having faith but it was that movie about the young kid in missouri that that fell into the pond that was ice you know what i'm talking about what is it breakthrough, breakthrough. yeah that movie where and and the mother would get indigent. If she walked up on somebody and heard somebody speaking doubt or faith, and she to kick them out. But what happened to that young boy? Documented miracle. He, was, he, he, came, he came back to life. He was going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. But what happened was before the miracle happened, the gift of faith was in operation because Mama said, I, I don't want none of your negativity. I don't, if you're not gonna walk into this hospital room with faith, I love you, I appreciate you, but don't walk up in here. Gift of faith. Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's why I said, when I said that the gifts of the spirit are more taught than caught, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There's nothing that's in here that's, that's the mysteries of God, Pastor Tony, are not a mystery if we read and understand God's word. If we read and understand his word. But where we get in trouble is when we take things out of context or we take little excerpts here or there and make a whole doctrine around it. Last is spoken gifts. The other two, the action gifts... And the insightful gifts are very, very important to the kingdom of God. But the spoken gifts are very, very important to the, to the kingdom. Spoken gifts are to encourage comfort and instruction. Number one, prophecy. A supernatural-inspired utterance in a native language and is confined to edification, exhortation, and comfort. This foretales events, prediction, or to speak under inspiration the gift of prophecy. It's not manipulating or intimidating. Also not to be confused with the spirit of prophecy or the office of a prophet. There are, differ- there, there are differences. Let me read this and then I'll expound. The Bible is not a book of fairy tales for us, forced upon us by a group of con artists. It's articulately woven love letter this given to a lost world in an attempt to win our hearts and give us free will with a chance to accept truth. This love letter was crafted and built in proof of authenticity with fulfilled prophecy. Prophecy excerpts cites 28% of the Bible is prophecy. And out of that 28% of the Bible, that's prophecy, 80% of those prophecies have been fulfilled. Wow. Hundreds of specific predictions that are thousands of years old have been fulfilled to the exact detail. There were things that Jesus did specifically so that it would be fulfilled in in prophecy. And then he noted it, or the disciples noted it when they wrote the letters to us, that he did this specifically so that it would be fulfilled in prophecy. The Bible prophecy has a 100% fulfillment rate, not 99.9, not 99.5, not 95%. So far, every prophecy that's been fulfilled has been 100% accurate. The remaining 20% of, uh, of yet unfilled prophecies are future ones relating to end time events. Number two, oh, other prophecy notes. Just because you prophesy does not make you a prophet or a prophetess. I'll say that again. Just because you prophesy doesn't necessarily make you a prophet or a prophetess. You can be used in the gift of prophecy, and it's different than the spirit of prophecy, and it's different than the office of a prophet or a prophetess. All right. We don't have time for me to go into all the details of that. The young people know because I did a series on prophecy for them. So ask them. They got the notes. All right, But the difference between a prophet, the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, and then we also have biblical prophecy, which is the foretelling or, or, or what we just talked about. Four different sections that go into but we're, specifically today we're talking about the gift of prophecy the gift of prophecy is something that can come upon a person that you can speak into somebody's life god shows you something about them and 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 you can utter something into their life you don't have to have a microphone or anointing oil or a handkerchief in order to prophesy into somebody's life the gift of prophecy can be used in a way that utters and, and helps people. Let me say this if you're using the gift of prophecy, don't be wrong. If you're used with the gift of prophecy, don't be wrong. Because if you're wrong, then it's not the gift of prophecy. And I've seen people who are used with the gift of the Spirit get so caught up in themselves that they start prophesying into people's lives things that are inaccurate and not right. Unknown tongues. Now, no, the spooky stuff. A supernaturally inspired utterance in another language or unknown language used in edification and can be used in association with the interpretation of tongues. Also used as a spiritual confirmation. There are times that God can move on you while you're in prayer, and, and God move you to speaking in another language or in utterance, because it's one, it's the same. Some I've heard people say before. Well, if if you are speaking in another language that you don't know, then it must be, it's got to be a language. No, the Bible talks about babblings, which could utterings which could not be understood. So God can move on you in a in a in like a in a supernatural way. It's nothing to be afraid of. Now, we don't want to get up in here and, and everybody and their brother, because, see, we have instruction about the gifts of the Spirit because there was a church in Corinth that used, they were the gifts church, man. Woo. Every time they came, everybody had a tongue. Everybody had a prophecy. They got together, and they would just, the gifts were on display, buddy. And to the point where Paul, God moved on Paul to write the church in Corinth this letter and talk to them about spiritual gifts. What's the first thing that I read into you this morning? Was that the Bible said, I would not have you be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. That you should not be carried away like you were in times past with idols. And that the gifts become your God. And that's what had happened in the church of Corinth is the gifts had become their God. Bible also says, let everything be done decently and in order. And that if you have unbelievers with you and people start talking in tongues in all kinds of different ways, what are they going to think? They're going to think you crazy before we started this church there again, God showed me one time spray I was about to get my Holy Ghost jig on. You don't know what that is? Google it. (laughs) My Holy Ghost jig is where I was going to start talking in tongues and I was going to start dancing and worshiping. I told you, I came from another denomination. And I was going to get my thing on, like everybody else in the church. Right before I did that, God said, Don't do that. Open your eyes. Man, every time God tells me to open my eyes, I know I'm about to see something that's going to rock my world. I told you about the one earlier, and now this one. Open your eyes. So I opened my eyes, and about that time, there was a whole row in front of me of people that had come to our church for the very first time. Whole row. Pastor Jason knows this very well because I think you were one of the first people I called right after it and said, Whew, I don't know what to do with this. But God opened my eyes and said, Watch those people. So everybody else in the church wasn't watching them people. Guess what they were doing, Jake? They were getting their Holy Ghost jig on. They were talking in tongues. They were going crazy for Jesus. And I watched as the whole row began to look at each other with fear in their eyes. And they were ready to get the heck out of Dodge. (laughs) We getting up out of here. And, by, and God spoke to me and said, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Be mindful of the things that you do. Be mindful and aware of what you do and how it impacts people around you. That's why when you come in here, you don't hear everybody and their brother speaking in tongues. But it is a gift of the spirit. And it's one that we will become more acquainted with. Bible also said there's an interpretation of tongues supernatural ability to interpret the gift of an unknown tongue anyone having the gift also generally has the gift of prophecy because sometimes God will move on someone to speak in tongues and we we, I can tell you that it's it's never happened in our service it will happen one day in our church maybe not in our service but in our church because we want things to be done decently and in order and God will use you Even Paul said, I talk talk in tongues more than all of you. But that don't mean he went around just talking in tongues. (laughs) All right? So, but what happens is I've seen this too, where people will talk in tongues and then they'll interpret their own tongue. You're out of line. It's not biblical and it's not scriptural. The Bible said that if somebody speaks in tongues in in a, a gathering let it be two or three by course. In other words, there'll be like two or three people that give a tongue. And then one person will interpret, but you may be in a service where, and, and this happens a lot, the, the interpretation of tongues and the gift of prophecy, a lot of times are the, the exact same gift. People won't do the tongue because it's awkward. It's different. We, we think it's us. So then the gift of prophecy has to come in and, and we have to prophesy. The word of God said, I would rather you prophesy. So don't think we're out of line or out of, out of order when we're talking about not doing a bunch of spooky stuff, all right? But you still got to take the whole word of God, amen? You can't say, oh, well, I don't like the tongue talking thing, so I'm not going to apply it to my life, all right? You're no different than the person that takes these gifts of the spirit and uses them for things that they're not supposed to be doing. We can't take a little here or a little there or, or decide what we want to do or what we don't want to do, right? All right. Now let's get into the crux of this so we can get done. All right, five key elements for being used in the gifts of the Spirit in a godly manner. Number one is a prayer life. Number two is a motive. Number three is the fruit of the Spirit, which we are doing in small groups right now. So if you are part of a small group, small group leader, stand up. Stand up, stand up, hurry up, hurry up. All right, find a small group, and get plugged into a small group. Fruit of the Spirit, fasting, and then edification and love. All right, let's, let's move on because I'm, I'm over time. Prayer life, Matthew seventeen eighteen through 21. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour and the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say unto you that if your faith was that of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, disclaimer by Jesus this kind does not go out except for by prayer and fasting. In other words, he told them, You couldn't do it because you ain't got a prayer life. Number two motive. What is your agenda? Matthew 6 and 4 says, Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Give your gifts in private. A lot of the gifts of the Spirit are to be in operation, not with a person with a mic calling people out, but in day-to-day walk in God. The gifts, These gifts of the Spirit, these nine gifts that I'm talking about, are, are, are to be done in our church and be done while you're on your job. They could be done while you're out in the marketplace. You can be anywhere and be used in the gifts of the Spirit, and God wants you to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. They're not something to be afraid of. Motive. What's your agenda? Do you have an agenda? Is there something for you to get back out of it? If it is, then it's probably not the gifts of the Spirit. Check yourself. Before you wreck yourself, fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. We are studying, we're breaking in, in, in our small group series right now about the fruit of the spirit and it's the fruit of the spirit, not the fruits of the spirit as I've heard people talk about. You can't pick and choose which part of it that you want to do. You have to apply it all. Now we're learning in our small group that there are some attributes of the fruit of the spirit that I just naturally am good at, and then there are other parts of the fruit of the spirit that I have to work on within myself, like self-control or patience. I think it was the one that we talked about this past week—patience. That's the one we need to work on. I need to work on. I have to. I have to help myself. But I can't pick and choose which attribute I want to apply to my life. I have to apply them all. And the ones that that I struggle with, Pastor Neil, I have to really work on that. Amen. The next one is fasting, number four, fasting. Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. In the message version, it says this in Ephesians 6. 13 through 19 it says this be prepared you're up against far more than you can handle on your own I don't generally like to preach from the message, but I did I did like what it said Be prepared you're up against far more than you can handle on your own take all the help you can get Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting you'll still be on your feet Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. That's cool. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. And then the last one, or the last of the five smooth stones, so we got four smooth stones, prayer life, motive, fruit of the Spirit, fasting, and number five is my favorite. Number five is the one that's going to hit Goliath right between the eyes. All five stones hit Goliath, but there was only one that hit him between the eyes. And number five, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I call this the more excellent way. The more excellent way. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, do not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. And then here's the part I really want to hone in on. Beareth all things. Everybody say all, everything. Beareth all things, some things, all things. Believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child. I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. For I know in part, but then I shall be even known as I'm known. And now by the faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is what? Charity or love. The greatest of these is love. The word edify comes from the Greek word akademai. Akoidemai, I guess. I don't know. I can't speak Greek. But it comes from the Greek word, and that's the translation in which we took it from, which means structure (laughs) to build as it relates to a family, a dwelling, or a roof, a covering. You catch that? It's a structure. It's a covering, to edify, that word edification. Bareth comes from the Greek word stego, which means to cover with silence. I love this one. What does that mean? That means if I see a brother overtaken in a fault, I'm not going around to every other brother and sister and talking about it. I'm bearing their burden. I'm bearing them up because I'm praying about it. I'm asking God about it. Beareth one another in love to cover with silence. Also, means this is the only, I thought this was amazing too. This is the only way the word beareth is interpreted this way in all of Scripture. The only place, and beareth is in a lot of part of Scriptures. But in this particular one, stego, it's the only way it was interpreted this way in all of Scripture. It means to cover with sight. Beareth all things. Believeth all things, which comes from the Greek word pistio, which means to have faith, to entrust one spiritual being, and to give credit. To give credit. In other words, if you hear somebody or you are using the gifts and you, you see somebody that's doing something wrong, You give them credit. You don't assume the worst. You give them credit for being the best. Y'all ain't hearing me. Do you want spiritual gifts? Do you want them in operation? Sometimes it means to give your brother or your sister some credit. Credit is usually something that you get that you don't deserve. Hopeth it comes from the Greek word elpisdo, which means to expect or confide, to expect or confide in, and endureth all things, which means to preserve, persevere and to bear trials. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual is the Greek word pneuma, which also means non-carnal. In other words, from another world. Gifts comes from the Greek word charisma, which means spiritual endowment or favor and where we get the word charismatic from, right? So basically spiritual gifts are non-carnal spiritual endowment or favor. Let that sink in. Ephesians, and I'm about to close Ephesians 3 2:14 says, "When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator, everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong, that you may be, have power to understand all, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love through Christ. Spiritual gifts are all rooted and grounded in the spirit of love. He's talking about the office of gifts. He's talking about spiritual gifts. And in the middle of it, Neil, he says, but let me just stop. And let's take a whole chapter and let's talk about what this is really all about. It's about love and edification. Edification. Ephesians 4, just because you have a gift or God shows you something doesn't mean you got to go around blowing your own horn or declaring it. I can just drop the mic and walk off the stage by that statement. Some people, God shows them something and they can't wait to get in the crowd and say, Pastor Jason, I got a word. I need to share it. Not always does God give you things? Most of the time, He gives you things not for you to share, but for you to pray. For you to go, remember what I said, in secret. For you to go privately and let that gift be used. We need to exercise our gifts. Romans 12, 9 through 10 says this Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. At the end of the day, we may have Goliath, if y'all come. You may have Goliath standing in front of our church or you may have Goliath standing in your way right now. There's some of you that are going through situations, circumstances right now that you didn't see coming, amen? Daniel, you didn't see that accident happening, right? Didn't see that accident happening. We don't see things, April, we don't see things that come out of nowhere. But yet, here they are. But God gave us gifts, five smooth stones, if you will, That we can put in our pouch that we can do in prayer and in fasting and in love and we can slay this Goliath that is before us together as a church if you make it to heaven it won't be of your own accord I want us to all stand if you make it to heaven you ain't gonna do it by yourself I want you to look around at your brother and your sister here in Christ that's who's going to get you there. We're going to get it there because there are going to be times that I'm going through, Jake, and I'm cloudy. I can't see because Spirit of Jezebel, let's, let's get real. Spirit of Jezebel come in and they'll start putting things in front of us that's cloudy. But the gift of prophecy moves upon our pastor to come and expose that so that it can lift the fog off our eyes and we can see. I'm not... I'm not battling you. See, I thought that my argument or my angst was with you. And that's why Paul started talking about the most excellent way, which is the way of love. Because Neil said something that really rubbed me the wrong way. And so I started thinking about it. And the spirit of Jezebel was here. It's gone now. And so it made me cloudy. And I began to think things I shouldn't have thought about Neil. Well, what did they mean by that? Well, who does he think he is wearing flip-flops up in here? (laughs) God help you tagging me on that post. Can't get it out of my... Can't get it out of my head. Why? Why did he say that? What is going on? Where is he coming from? What's his motive? What's going on? And Paul saw this happening in the Corinthian church and said, what you need to do is you need to get love, a love that beareth all things, hopeth all things believeth all things are you with me today beareth all things believeth all things endureth all things church there's a more excellent way to be used in the gifts of the spirit and it's rooted and grounded in love and I believe God's about to take this church into a whole new dimension are you with me today are you with me today do you want to go there with me I'm going. Pastor Jason, you going? We going. And I want you to go there with me, but I want us to do it in love. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like to know more, please visit www.revivify.church.